Hello everyone and welcome to the Thriving Dry Eye Podcast. I am your host, Laura. I suffered a chemical eye injury resulting in dry eye and I created this platform to give hope to those with dry eye. I will talk to amazing people who will tell their dry eye stories and spotlight health professionals who will promote wellness of the mind and body. This podcast is for you to give hope to those with dry eye. As a disclaimer, this podcast contains general information about dry eye and other medical conditions and is for educational purposes and inspiration only. Thriving Dry Eye LLC is not responsible or liable for the accuracy of information contained in this podcast. The information contained in this episode is the personal views of the hosts and guests respectively. This podcast is not meant to replace the advice of your healthcare provider and is not intended to prescribe, prevent, treat, or diagnose disease. Listeners acknowledge that the information contained does not constitute professional advice from the host or guest speaker. By listening to this podcast, you assume all risks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thriving Dry Eye Podcast. I am so excited today to be speaking to our next dry eye guest, Ellen. Hello, Hi. Ellen. <laughs> How Hi. are you? I'm sorry, I'm getting used to looking at the camera. I know, right? It's <laughs> so interesting. How are yeah. you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. Good. Well, thank you for being here. So can you tell our listeners uh, a little about yourself? Sure. I'm 60 years old and I live in Connecticut and I'm a New Yorker at at, at heart. I grew up in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a doctor. I'm an anesthesiologist. I'm, I'm twice divorced. <laughs> I have two. So I'm single now and I live <laughs> by myself with my dog. Oh, how and, sweet. Um, I yeah, and I think I've given up on men, but I'm not sure yet. I have to decide. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if the right um, one comes along, what else? right? Uh, maybe, but I'm not. I'm not actively. I'm not actively looking anymore. I've, I've given up. <laughs> if one stumbles into my path, I'll 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 give it a go. But but um anyway, what else? Um, I have two grown sons. They are thirty, or no, twenty nine and twenty six years old, and they are not. They they're out. They don't live with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? That's about. That's the basic story. Definitely. So, when did you start noticing that there was a problem with your eyes? Well, it was a definite event. It was an event that happened. First of all, well. All in my life, I never, I always think, I think I must have always had subclinical tear deficiency a little bit, especially in the right eye. Cause whenever I was like, whenever I would start playing tennis, like I, I had a tennis court on my, on my property. And so I played tennis quite a bit. And 
whenever I would first go out there and first start, I would like get something in my right eye and I, it would like be like really dry and I'd have to close it for a minute and rub it and make some tears come. So I kind of had a little bit of, but I never made much of it, you know, and my eyes were completely normal. I mean, I could bike for, for six, seven, eight hours with the wind whipping in my face and never had any problems. Yeah. I was fine. So in in the years where I was actively trying to find somebody, <laughs> a man, <laughs> I was troubled because I had these bags under my eyes, courtesy of my father's genetics, because like really bad, like horrible, not not even minor, like really bad bags under my eyes. Mm-hmm. And it was becoming more and more noticeable and, and um, it annoyed me a lot. So... I, you know, I went to a plastic surgeon and he's like, oh yeah, you know, he's a really good plastic surgeon too. And he's like, yeah, that's easy. We can just like get rid of the fat and do this and pull that up. And, and I wore contact lenses all my life. Like Mm -hmm. I wore contact lenses like every day for, since I was like 20 in my early twenties. And I didn't like my glasses. I didn't like the feeling of something on my face. So I was just like a contact lens wear all the time. And so I said, can I wear my contact lenses after the surgery? And he's like, oh, yeah, like in two weeks, you can wear your contact lenses. And I said, will I have to like put drops in my eyes for the rest of my life or anything? And he's like, no, 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 you'll be totally fine, totally back to normal in two weeks. And I, you know, and I said, okay, so. I was nervous because I just had this feeling something was going to go wrong. I just like there was something in my in the bottom of in the pit of my stomach. And one of the reasons I felt that way is because I used to have a dog and she had cataracts. And so I like took her to have her cataracts removed. And like what was supposed to just be an easy thing turned out to be a horror show. She got like glaucoma she had to have one of her eyes removed it was like a nightmare and then she finally passed so I just had this like I just had this memory in my mind of like eye surgery that's supposed to be fine and make you better like just like going bad and all this all this trauma associated with that she was she was a diabetic chihuahua and I'm like a human being and I don't have diabetes so so anyway, I went for it. I had it done a, a year and a half ago. And so what happens right out? And so he said, oh, do you want to have the upper lids done as well? You know? And I said, no, no, it's fine. Just the lowers is good. And he's like, but you have like sagging. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Thank God I didn't have the uppers done as well. So, yeah, so the surgery, so we did the surgery. And then for like a week after, week or two afterwards, you look awful because you have these like horrible bruises under your eyes and all the blood like sinks down and then it goes, and then it gets, you know, and then it goes away. And so even after the blood was going away, like something was really wrong with my eyes, like really wrong. Like, and I kept, and I kept going to him and I'm like, something's really wrong with my eyes. And he's like, Oh no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And, and I go, I'm, I kept believing him for a right. while. And then after like a month, 
he's like, well, sometimes I have a patient and I need to send them to an ophthalmologist for some assistance just to get things calmed down. So he sent me to an ophthalmologist and she was really nice. And she's like, I can't really see what's wrong, but let's just give you a round of steroids, you know, like three times a day, do the drops. And she, and I said, is this going to go away? And she's like, well, I'm optimistic. And so I was optimistic. And so I did it and, and, and like, you know, I, it wasn't helping at all. Was that My an oral steroid? Like, I felt like. Sorry, was that an no, oral? No, no, eye drops. Eye drops. Okay. Eye drops, yeah. It just felt like, if you ask me what it felt like, it felt like somebody, like, held my eyes open and poured sand into them. That's what my eyes felt like. And and they were itchy and itched, like, itching like crazy, just itchy all the time. And my, my, my forehead was, like, every part of my face was itchy. And they looked fine. They actually looked good. You know, the surgery went well and they looked fine and the bags are gone. And I'm like, well, that's small comfort because now I just feel like jumping off of a building. So what good is this? Right. And um, and so and also I have a terrible foreign body sensation in the corner of this eye, which to this day, I it's not as bad. But but I, I remember going to him and saying, I feel like I have a thorn in the corner of my eye. Oh, like, wow. And he's like, oh, that's just a stitch. And it'll, it'll like dissolve. And sometimes it takes a few months to dissolve. And, and so I'm almost like, you know, just, so I went back to work, you know, I had two weeks off that I had managed to put together. And when I went back to work, I still looked a little bruised, but that went away. And then, but the feeling was just, a, it was like unbearable. Like I couldn't even, I could barely function. I, could, I couldn't go near my contacts. Right. So I started going and buying lots of eye eyeglasses and I didn't have a, a, a good prescription because I hadn't had new eyeglasses in forever. So I you know, I had to get a new eyeglass prescription and the first one wasn't good. I had to get another one. And I was just, I was just miserable. Like I was trying, you know, I do some teaching as part of my job and taking care of patients. And I couldn't think of anything. So my eyes, I was just like trying to push, you know, what I try to explain to like what I tried to, what I, the way I describe it now is as if somebody took a knife and stuck it in your side and you're walking around with a knife stuck in your side and you're trying to like do your normal job, but yet you've got a knife in your side and you're trying to ignore that you've got a knife in your side. That's what I felt like, Yeah, you know, I was just like put, you know, you know, regular wedding drops were like, you know, gave me a tiny bit of relief for like five seconds. It was just I was majorly uncomfortable. Yeah, and terrible. when you're when you're in and the And I didn't know what the heck it was. I had never heard of Yeah. When you're in the middle of it, you're right. Like there's nothing else you can think about. You know, like you're tr you're trying to go through life yeah. just like you're literally just surviving. Like like going through the motions because it is so overwhelming emotionally yeah. and physically. It yeah. it truly takes over. Yeah. Yeah. I was just getting by day to day. And and to top it off, I had decided that year to sell my house. I had this big house that I 
had raised my family in and I, I had, you know, I had already got the wheels turning in motion to get the house sold. So I had all that going on. So I was like, in a way, in a way that might've been good that I had all that going on because it gave me something else to focus on. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like talking to the realtor and getting the painting and the san- floor sanded and getting rid of furniture every day, putting it on Facebook Marketplace. And it gave me another project when I got home other than to sit there and just be like fixated on my eyes. So maybe that was good, but it was stressful because I was you know, preparing this gigantic house for sale. And I had to kind of temporarily move out while they did the floors. And so I had a lot going on, but so I had never even heard of dry eye. Like, I mean, the the plastic surgeon had asked me briefly before he did the surgery, like, do you have dry eye? And I said, I don't think so. I told him the story about the tennis, you know, and he's like, oh, well, maybe it's a little bit, but nothing big. So finally, after like two or three months of hell, like hell, I said to myself, this isn't getting better. I I, I got to I have to do something other, you know, I don't remember how I got hooked up with the dry eye support community. I can't recall how that how I I think maybe I was just Googling things all the time about dry eye and maybe some link led me to this Facebook dry eye support community. So I go on there and I joined it and right away I'm just like bombarded with like all this stuff that I knew nothing about and my my and gland deficiency and tear deficiency and conjunctival calasis and all these words and things and people. And, and I'm like, this is like, you know, it was just, and then somebody, and then I, I wrote my, I wrote a little intro piece. I said, gave my little story. And, you know, I'm like, is this, uh, the first thing I said is, is this going to go away? Like, I just thought there was going to be some magic cure and it was going to go away. And my life was going to return to the way it had been before. Right. And everybody, you know, I got 125 comments that said, no, this isn't going to go away. It's going to become part of your life. It's a journey. And I go, I don't want to be on a journey. I want to get off the boat. Like, I don't want to be on this journey. (laughs) Exactly. This is not for me. No. So, but then after reading a lot of stuff, I realized the symptoms that were being described were the symptoms that I had. And, and I'm like, oh, you know, oh, that's what it is. It's like vicious dry eye diseases. And that's what I had. Wow. So at least at least it gave me an idea of what was going on because I didn't know. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I thought maybe there was a stitch in the wrong place or something. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, so that's when I kind of like came to that realization. And so right away, I got some, a couple of women who, mostly women, who had the same experience as I. This one person in particular reached out to me. She was from like South Carolina or somewhere. And she reached out to me and she's like, if you want to talk to me on the phone, you can. So we had a phone call and she had a similar experience where she had some drastic plastic surgery on her eyes, like both upper and lower. Mm-hmm. 
And she was describing like hell on earth. She, um, she's like, she said to me, she goes, I remember sitting in a chair just going, oh, my eyes, oh, my eyes. And that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. But she had, it sounds like she had an even worse situation. I mean, like her eyes didn't even close all the way when she closed, like when she slept. So she had like, her eyes were drying out. And I was pretty sure I didn't have that problem. I wasn't positive. I didn't know how how affected I was by any of these factors. Right. So, you know, so so that's how it started. Were you able to find a doctor to then diagnose or do some testing to figure out truly what is going on here and someone who would listen to you? So... My regular ophthalmologist, who's a lovely, wonderful, experienced, you know, per- person who was great, she was just kind of like, she was trying her best, you know. So she said, she, you know, when I came there and I said, I'm pretty sure this is severe dry eye, or maybe she even diagnosed that, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. You know, she's tried, she tried the regular eye drops. The two eye drops that are both in a similar, similar class of drugs are, yeah, Restasis and Zydra. Okay. Those two. Yeah. They have the same mechanism of action. They're slightly different and I forget which way, but they have two, like, so she tried me on Zydra. I started on Zydra. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, here's a drop that, you know, it may, you know, it reduces the inflammation and it, you know, it's for dry eyes. So I was very hopeful. And I started on the restasis and it burned like crazy when I put it in, but I just persisted with it. And, you know, I I remember, I remember that she had ordered the restasis, but it took the pharmacy a long time to, to like figure out my insurance and whether it was going to cover it. And, and it was like a Friday and I was just like, oh, I have to get this medication. I was like, I was like, I, I can't deal with this anymore. And so she said to me, she goes, I'll give you like a free sample pack, you know, that'll last you for a few weeks. And so I remember I was working and I, and I got out of work a little late. I ran over to the office where my free sample of, of Zydra was waiting and they had closed like five minutes earlier. No. I was like pounding on the door. <laughs> I'm like, I have to have this now. Like, I need my Zydra. Like, it's going to be the answer. It's going to be the answer. And I was like, I remember sitting on a bench and like crying. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't get the Zydra today. So. Oh, nobody answered the door. (laughs) No, I'm like calling and I'm like at the after hours line and I go, I'm like open the door. So anyway, I was just like, you know, I was just in such a bad place Mm -hmm. terrible Mm -hmm. so so i got the zydra and i used it for a few weeks and i like downloaded the zydra app and i read watched all the videos and i was all excited this was gonna work and um it didn't it didn't help it didn't help i really persisted for like three or four weeks with that so at least, and they say it takes a long time, but I was seeing like nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, I went back to her and I said, it's really not doing anything. You got to do something. I'm going to die. And so I think at some point we tried the other one, you know, the other, the restasis. Maybe I tried the restasis first. I can't remember the order, but mm-hmm. neither one did anything. And I really persisted with them for a, a while. So at this point, like six months have gone by and it's, you know, so this was, we're now talking about exactly a year ago. Okay. Cause I had the surgery December of 2001. So six months later, it was just about, you know, May of 2022, mm-hmm. exactly a year ago. And so I'm like, I got to go to a special, you know, everybody's going, you got to go to a specialist, you have to go to a specialist. So, so I was reading the dry eye community and there's, you know, a couple of gurus on there. And there's this one guru who comes to New York City. He's based in Nashville and he comes to New York City every once a month. I go to this dry eye specialist in this fancy New York office and it, it's not hard for me to get to because I actually have a little apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. So I literally like to <laughs> walk there. Oh, that's so and, cool. Um, or I think I tried to ride my bike. I, I love to bike in, in New York City, but but I was like the wind in my eyes was like terrible. It was making things worse. So I was busy buying all these different goggles on on. Uh, Amazon, you know, the the ones that do this and the ones that wrap around and the ones that go over your glasses and the dark ones and the light ones and the big ones and the small ones. Like, I just look at every day. I was like, I got goggles coming in the mail like every day. And, you know, some of them make me look like a gigantic bug with like these things. So. And I was depressed because I love to bike in New York City. Like I bike across all the bridges and everything and up and down the West Side. And it was like one of my joys in life. And I really felt like I couldn't do it anymore. And it's like I couldn't ski. I couldn't do anything. Wow. So anyway, I go to him and he right away, he's like, oh, you have terrible dry eye and you have conjunctival colasis and you have this and you have that and you have to use this and you have to stop eating meat and you have to stop drinking milk and you have to. And he was very like dictatorial about all the things I had to do. And then he's he's a big proponent of IPL. Mm -hmm. I think he invented it intense pulse light treatments. Okay. And so he takes me to his IPL machine, which he has in a, in a place down a bunch of stairs and he did it. And it was weird. The first experience of IPL was, was strange. I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's doing it and you can like smell your hair burning. Like, like you, that smell of like burning hair, that eggy burning hair smell. Uh huh. And I'm like, geez, that can't be good. <laughs> but anyway, so he did it and he sent me out the door and he, he gave me, he's like, you need to try, like, why don't we, we'll have, we could try this. We could try that. We could try the other thing. But like one of the things that I was noticing and that he confirmed is that the surface of my eyes, the the clear layer, the conjunctival layer on the surface of my eyes was folding. And like if I if I looked in a mirror and looked sideways and I looked this way, I could see like the conjunctiva like folding. Wow. And and he's like 
Oh, and no, actually, it was my first. It was my first regular ophthalmologist that said, "You know, you have some conjunctival chalasis." And okay. I said, "What the heck is that?" And she goes, "The conjunctiva is loose and it folds, and it's folding, and so the tears don't spread normally over the surface of the eye." Hmm. And I could see it in the mirror in both sides if I looked sideways. And and this expert confirmed it. He goes, "You got terrible conjunctival chalasis." He goes. He goes, we can fix that. We just have to cauterize it, you know? And, and I go, okay, well, you know, not to, you know, he goes, oh, it's easy. We'll just like zap, zap, zap. And I go, ooh. So I went out of there after the first IPL armed with all this stuff. And the day after the first IPL, one of my eyes was like weepings. He says you have tear, he says you have the trifecta of dry eye disease. You have tear deficiency. You have meibomian gland deficiency, and you have severe conjunctival chalasis. Wow! So what I came to real what I came to realize over time is that is that because I'm a so first of all concerning the tear deficiency, I think I just had that to begin with, and that was why I had dry eyes when I played tennis. So my eyes don't make enough tears. Number one, number two. The meibomian glands, the little glands that secrete the oils into your eye, I think got traumatized or shocked or affected by the surgery and, you know, taking all the fat out of the, the supporting structure. I think the meibomian glands were traumatized. Yeah. I didn't even know what meibomian glands were before. Now I know everything about meibomian glands. <laughs> right. And so there was that. So he... After he does the IPL, he does this um, expression where he takes a little metal instrument and he pushes on them and he, and he goes, oh, you know, it's toothpaste is coming out. He, they always use the word toothpaste. <laughs> oh, it's toothpaste instead of oil. Everybody says that, toothpaste. I'm like, ugh. So anyway, so I'm like, oh, okay. And the third problem, the conjunctival chalasis, I realized had to be fixed. And I started reading about conjunctival chalasis. And I'm pretty sure the reason I got such bad conjunctival chalasis is because I was a contact lens wearer for, for 45 years, mm. or not that long, 35 years. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the constantly wearing contacts on the surface of your eyes kind of loosens up the conjunctiva. And then when I had the surgery, what happens right after surgery is your eyes get all filled with swelling. Mm -hmm. And I think the swelling ripped the conjunctive, the loose conjunctiva right off the surface of my eyes. Wow. And in a normal person, after the swelling goes away, the conjunctiva just seals itself right back again. But I think in me, it didn't heal itself right back again. There's a, there's a connective layer. I forget what it's called now because it's been so long since I read all these words, but mm -hmm. there's a connective layer that it's like that holds the conjunctiva on. And I think it was just torn. And so my conjunctiva were just kind of like floppy. Like they say, like a, you know, like an old bathing suit that's all stretched out. It just doesn't hold its, it doesn't hold its shape anymore. And right. it's just like wrinkly. Yeah, definitely. Like a wrinkled canvas, some people say. And what happens is the tears don't don't spread over the surface of the eye and they don't make it into the fornix, which is the, the reservoir at the bottom. So I knew I had to get that fixed. So I was reading about, started to read about that. 
Mm-hmm. The day after I went to him after the IPL, one of my eyes like weeped water and glop for a day, but that went away. And a few weeks later, I don't think I felt any better. It's still bad. Man. Still bad. So I, at this point, I'm just like, at this point, I'm, I was on the doctor train. So there's some Uber specialist down in Tampa, Florida. So last June, I took a flight down there and I went to him. And he did the most thorough exam in the whole world where he did this test and that test and this, like everything. And, and it was very expensive, mm-hmm. very, very, because he doesn't, none of them take insurance and my insurance doesn't cover because insurance in this world doesn't cover dry eye disease. They don't, they haven't caught on yet that it's really a thing. Right. Absolutely. You know, maybe if it had a worse name, like instead of being called dry eye disease, if it was called something more like drastically medical, like, you know, I don't know, conjunctival, hypertrophic, hyperinflammatory syndrome. Like yeah. they might, they might cover it, but you make but, a great point. You know, <laughs> but like dry eye disease sounds like, oh gosh, put some drops in your eyes, you'll be fine. Totally, dry disease doesn't sound so terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, definitely. So, so insurance doesn't cover anything. So I go to him and he he's like boutique dry eye care this man and he actually is excellent like very 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 excellent and you know with all these people you have to wonder are they quacks are they just money making but i haven't come to find any doctors like that at all i've i've found them all to be genuinely validly you know expert at what they do and trying their best to help you but some of them charge a ton of money yeah oh i bet so this doctor in tampa declares again the same as dr dr nashville new york that that i had the trifecta of things that i had severe tear deficiency my gland dysfunction and conjunctival cholesis so He's a big proponent of the probing where you stick the probe into each little meibomian gland. Mm-hmm. He invented it, I think. Mm-hmm. It's named after him, this technique. And so I spent two days and like, gosh, I want to say about $18,000 with him. Wow. Maybe 15, some, some amount, of, some huge amount of money. And he tested, 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 and, you know, all these tests. And then he did the meibomian gland probing, which is when he sticks the little probe in. And he cauterized, he cauterized the puncta. Oh, even before when I was going to my regular doctor, I skipped this. I forgot about this part. They tried, she tried putting in these little punctal plugs, Mm -hmm. you know, that everybody talks about. Yeah. And those didn't help. And one of the, in the left side, it wouldn't even stay in because because something about the anatomy of my puncta is, is altered from the surgery. And so the punctal plug wouldn't even sit in there. She could, They couldn't even get it in. And I wow. went to like several different doctors. Mm-hmm. Before I started going to all these dry eye people, I went to like, I went to three doctors in New York City. Now, New York City's not like any, any backwater, you know, it's New York City. Right. You think they have like experts and really good doctors. I went to a doctor at Columbia I went to a doctor at, you know, um, in Manhattan Eye and Ear, and I went to a third I can't even remember now. 
And none of them, none of them could figure this out. None of them could help me. Everyone had some, some ridiculous suggestion. And, and so like, you know, it wasn't until I found these dry eye specialty doctors on the, on the Facebook thing that I got any sort of real help, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, and it's not, and I'm a doctor, so I know how to look for doctors, right. you know, I'm not just like calling up. I'm like, I know exactly how to get what I want in the, in the medical field. You know, mm-hmm. I don't wait. I know like I, I, I get, I know how to, how to, what I'm looking for and how to get it. And so, and I pull rank all the time. I'm like, I'm a doctor. I don't have to wait on hold for 10 minutes. So, so um, yeah, nobody in New York could help me that I could find. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah, the punctal plugs, I had several rounds of those. They never helped. So the doctor in Tampa cauterized the punct. He just took a little quarter and went zap, and now they're closed up. So the tears don't, the tears don't go. You know, there's no drainage for them. There's actually there's there's one on the top and one on the bottom, and the ones on the bottom have now been cauterized. So I still have an opening in the top. Mm-hmm. And he cauterized those, and he did the probing, and he said, "You're going to have to come back and get the con- conjunctival calesis surgery." And so I left and I was still, I remember I was in agony. I was not just from what he had done, I just in general agony. I remember trying to walk my dog in Tampa. I took her with me and it was its beautiful city. And I couldn't even enjoy what I was seeing. There these fountains and the riverside. And I just was like miserable. Yeah. Miserable. All the time. I was, you know, it was, every day after work, I would come home. I would take like, you know, I had this, bought some of this THC stuff and wine and, and I was just like medicating myself all the time, you know? Right. Oh my God. I never went for the narcotics because I knew that would be, I knew that would be a bad place to go. So I, I didn't ever do that, but I was, you know, taking a lot of THC and, 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 uh, wine and everything. I think when you're in that, I've, other people have said that dry eye hell, right? You, you're trying to do yeah. anything you can either to get out of it or you're right to numb it, to just get me to away from it. this right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I I had a, a tincture of THC drops in my locker at work and literally when my workday was over and they said, okay, you know, you can go home. I would like, when I changed my clothes to go home, I would like take that just so that it would, it would hit by the time I got home. When I got home, I would just, I remember walking the dog out in a beautiful field and I was just like in agony, like, oh, my eyes, my eyes. Like I couldn't think of anything else. Like it was this pervasive thought that just kept, coming and and i was like okay i have to get the floor sanded oh my eyes it's like oh <laughs> right. i have to buy some milk at the store oh my eyes like you know oh i have to like do the laundry this week and oh my eyes. you know like every every thought like i couldn't think anymore every single thought you're totally right <laughs> everything i'm like i was like how do i how do i even live anymore how do i even live you know every Every hope, every dream, every thought, every plan, everything was just like gone. You know, it's like, unless I can get this, 
under some sort of control. I can't, I can't function anymore. I'm just going to have to like, I figured to myself, honestly, I said, you know, I have eld very elderly parents. My dad is 92 and my mother's 90 and they live fairly, they live 45 minutes away from me. And they're very functional. They're, they're very, they're fine. And, you know, they have their little aches and pains and, and stuff. But, like, I thought to myself, I can't kill myself until they're gone. Because, like, if I, if I kill myself, it will destroy them. Just destroy them. So I thought to myself, I have to hang on until they die. And, it, and then after they're gone, then I can kill myself. So I figured, okay, how long could they possibly live? Maybe, like, five more years? I'm like, I thought to myself, I just have to hang on until they go. Maybe five years tops, probably. Oh my goodness! And then, then I could go because I just couldn't kill myself until they were gone. Because I just couldn't do that to them. That's what I was thinking. And my sons, you know, my sons would be utterly distraught. But you know, they have their whole lives in front of them, and they'll get over it eventually, or they'll live with it. But, wow. but yeah, that's, that's what I so, remember thinking. So heavy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, do you think that, yeah. I mean, how, it's really interesting, like how, all right, we'll come back to that. But so then you obviously, or maybe, maybe not, were you able to find the relief that you're looking for? Yes. Eventually, you know, I'm far from a hundred percent, right? Not far. I, I, I'd say I'm like 85% better now. Maybe, yeah, 85%. What eventually happened is I needed to have the conjunctival cholesis surgery done to, to smooth out the conjunctiva. And this, the doctor in New York wanted to just zap it. And the doctor in Tampa wanted to do this big, gigantic surgery, which would take like months of recovery where he takes the whole conjunctiva off your eye and lays down an amniotic graft and and your eye then like covers it with with tissue and that sounded very dramatic to me and so i read a lot about this mm -hmm. these the different options for this i went back to the new york guy again and he's like yeah we need to do the conjunct i was like thinking about it and planning it and trying to figure when i could get time off and mm -hmm. should i do this huge surgery with with dr tampa should i do the like zap zap with the new york guy and um you know i went to the new york guy just for a follow-up and another ipl and he's like oh we could do it today he's like donna go get the probe and i go no 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 i'm not ready <laughs> not today <laughs> he was like he was just like ready to do it like that minute. And I go, no, no, I'm like, I'm not ready. I did a lot of reading and I found a doctor in New Hampshire who actually does a, he does a modification of the zap zap technique where he uses a little radio frequency thing. Hmm. And he's only like three hours from me. So I, even though I was going to do the gigantic procedure with the doctor in, in Tampa, and it would have cost me like, gosh, 50, I, it would have, I don't know how many tens of thousands of dollars that would have cost me. Wow. Um, I went to the doctor in New Hampshire and he, and I had him do the like little modification and I had took a couple weeks off. I was able, and I, um, and he did the procedure. He did one eye and then two weeks later he did the other eye. 
And it really fixed it. It really did. Oh, and I, nice. And and then concurrently, at the same time, my regular ophthalmologist, you know, I told her, I said, listen, I, I want to try these autologous serum tears. And so she ordered those. So I had those made and I started using those. And then I had, you know, the ducts were cauterized by the Tampa doctor. And so somewhere around late summer of last year, I actually started to feel better. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, not far from, you know, totally better. Yeah. But, like, better. And finally, I could see the light a little bit. And um, I went back to the New York guy and had another IPL. And the third IPL, like, really irritated the crap out of my eyes. Mm -hmm. The other thing that the New York doctor, when I told him I'd had the probing done in Tampa, he's like, oh, my God, that's horrible. How could you do that? You know, that's terrible. It'll damage your eyes. Like, I think it was a very bad thing when a patient comes to you and says, tells you about a treatment that you've already had done. Mm -hmm. And they tell you how, what damage you've done to yourself. Like that makes you feel terrible. Yeah. You know? And so there's like these two schools of thought about probing is the answer and it's safe and it's fine and it's good or probing will damage your eyes and damage your ducts. And so there's no, there's no accord. Like all these doctors think completely opposite opinions of each other. And, and, you know, it's up to the patient to kind of sort it all out for themselves. Every person is completely different. Even your patients that come in front of you, everyone is so different. And you try, you try to fit them into the mold of what you're used to. And it works for some people and it doesn't for others. And, and you, you, try to research the best you can, whether that's, you know, a PubMed or something or talking to other people. But you do really rely on these doctors for their expertise in when you're getting conflicting information. Yeah. It's so hard to pick the one thing that you really feel like is going to be right for you. Because there, it doesn't seem yeah. like there's a specific standard of care, but like we said, like I said, everybody's different. Yeah. I've come to realize that, you know, all the most of the people on the dry eye support community have just spontaneously gotten dry eye. Just they didn't have a, an event like I did. They just have, I think, more of an inflammatory component or some, you know, natural thing that's happening that's making their eyes do this. And I think for those people, drops like Restasis and Zydra will have a much higher likelihood of helping because they're, they have a different kind of dry eye. I think my dry eye was more mechanical mm -hmm. than chemical um, in that with the lack of the tears, the conjunctival abnormality, um, and then, of course, you know, the meibomian glands, you know, are responsible for secreting that oil that keeps the tears on your eyes. So if you just put water on your eye, it's going to evaporate in a second. But if you mix it up with some oil, it stays on your eye. So you need both tears and oil together. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so finally, you know, over the last, you know, many months, I've kind of got into this little routine where I put a heat mask on my eyes. To every other night and I massage the oils up 
Um, I, I use wetting drops as needed. I tried also low dose doxycycline, somebody suggested. And, you know, I didn't even make much of it. And then, uh, then like last fall, I got Lyme disease, like really bad oh, Lyme disease. I live in New in Connecticut and, you know, you walk out the door and the, you know, there's ticks everywhere. Wow. And so I got terrible Lyme disease. I knew I had it because I just, I've had it three times now and I knew I had it and they gave me like this huge thing of doxycycline and afterwards my eyes have never felt better. And I didn't even realize it. I'm like, wow, my eyes feel great. Like, why is that? And then like a couple months later, I'm like, wait a minute. I was on like doxycycline. Maybe that's why my eyes felt so good. And so I asked that my regular, my regular doctor, I'm like, can I try the low dose doxy? And she's like, yeah, sure. Like whatever. So she orders me that. So I take that. Yeah. And so now I'm at the point where I have good days and bad days. And I know that on the bad days, I'm going to have good days. And I know that on the good days, I'm going to have bad days. And, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, get by day to day. I don't have to medicate myself anymore. Um, I still have a foreign body sensation in the corner of this eye. I've had 100 doctors look at it. Nobody can see a freaking thing and wrong with it. I, You know, I spend hours staring in the corner of my eye. But I, nobody, I don't know what the hell it is. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so I don't think about my eyes constantly. Like, days will go by. You know, I think about them, you know, from time to time, but they don't, it doesn't, it doesn't conquer my thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't. Sure. Do you feel like you're on the other side of that, like, emotional despair that you were in? Oh, yeah, for sure. Good. For sure. Yeah. Like, I don't. You know, I don't think that I'm going to, I may not get to do all the traveling that I had always planned to do in my life, but I don't have to kill myself anymore. Right. Yeah, no. I I don't need to, I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to, you know, do myself in anymore. And, you know, I didn't want to die by any stretch. I'm not, I'm not suicidal. I just... I'm like, I don't want to have to kill myself. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to live, but I can't live like this. Yeah. I need a better way of living. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who's just starting their dry eye journey? You know, when I started, I think I said, I told you that I, you know, everyone said it's going to be a journey. And I right away said, I don't want it to be a journey. Like, I want to get off the boat. Well. You're just going to have to accept the fact right from the start that it's that it that it's not going to happen, that it's not going to happen, that you are going to be like this. And you're just it's some going to become part of your life for the rest of your life. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just telling somebody when I got my period for the first time when I was 14 years old, like, you know, I'm like, I don't want this. And they're like. It doesn't matter. It's just going to become part of your life right. for like, you know, <laughs> forever, 40 years. You <laughs> yeah. got, you can't, you can't not want it. It, it is. It's like, you're going to have to learn how to manage it and you're going to have, it's going to become part of your life just as other things are, you know? So, so you're just going to have to, you know, accept that right away. 
And it's not going to be all terrible. It's not going to be all terrible. Because some good things will come out of it. And I know that you you asked that on your little questionnaire. Yep. Like what good things have come out of this? Yeah. And I can tell you that the good things that have come out of this is I have met so many people and I've talked to several on the phone and I've communicated with many of them by Facebook Messenger or whatnot. Lovely, lovely, all mostly women, one man, one or two, no, two men, but mostly women that I've spoken to. I now have friends in Atlanta, in in North Carolina. Um, I forget where this other one is from, but like, I really have friends like, like if I, and I and like I'm gonna go back to Tampa in J- next month to mm-hmm. go to him again and probably get the probing done because he wants to do it once a year. Mm-hmm. And this one lady, she might meet me there. We might go out for for coffee for dinner or something. I don't know. Yeah. So I've met and I've met a lot of supportive people. And this one this one lady I met on Facebook, she she she's very plagued by dry eye and so i became her facebook friend i don't really care for facebook but but sometimes you have to use it for this and that uh-huh. and, so, and so i was like reading her story and she 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 puts a lot on her page about her daughter and her daughter is this beautiful beautiful girl who when she was a teenager, she got hit in the head with a soccer ball. And when they did an X, uh, MRI of her brain, they discovered gigantic tumors in there. And she's got like this horrible neurofibromatosis. Wow. And she's had to have, she's like in her early 20s now. She's a gorgeous, beautiful girl, but she's had like five brain surgeries and she's completely deaf. She can't hear a thing. She had facial paralysis and she's like, and she's just like going on, like, like so strong and 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 her attitude is amazing and i'm i've kind of become like enthralled with this daughter of this dry eye lady and i just like watch all her little videos and like i think to myself my god like she's 25 years old and she's completely deaf and she like has these like tumors in her brain like, what do I have to complain? You know what I mean? Like, I've lived a good life and, and you know, so there's lots of people. You, you come to appreciate others. Like, every a lot of people, not everybody, but mo- most people have something that's going on in their lives and you don't know what it is. Exactly. You know? I tell. They have some horrible thing that's happening. Yeah, I tell my patients that every day, you know, you just, you, you, everybody has something, some you can see, some you can't, but, and, and it doesn't matter truly how little or how big it is, everybody has something that they're working through. And so I always, I mean, it's so, so much better to, to come to people with kindness and compassion and care because we're all dealing with something. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the other thing is like that I've just discovered such kindness in people, such, such kindness and compassion. And, and, you know, on the flip, and then also 
you know, I had some lady call me and she needed my advice. And so I was like telling her all this stuff and everything. And um, so those good things have come. And I'm talking to you. I'm sitting here talking to you. I would never be sitting here talking to you today. I know. I'm so happy that you, I mean, you've been, it. and truly I'm very thankful because, uh, you know, when I started doing this, we were talking through Messenger and and you really pushed me to uh, put some things in place that I, I kind of knew in the back of my head, but like nobody else was challenging me and, and you challenged me and, and uh, I am very appreciative of that because I I know that that's, that needed to be done and, and it's important for myself and this podcast too. And gosh, yeah. think about, you know, and on your journey, you've learned so much and you gave some amazing nuggets of information today that kind of was like an aha moment for me and I'm sure will be for other people. And I laugh so much. Oh my gosh, you're just the best. <laughs> So, you know, they, we went really dark, <laughs> well, but you. there were so many things that were just were really great. And so I'm so I'm really thankful that you're here and, and you're telling your story. And yeah. and I'm hoping yeah. that you're I'm I'm confident yeah. that your story is going to help someone else, too. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I first started feeling better, you know, and I was just like so happy. I posted a post on the dry eye community and I said, I just want to let everybody know that like, I think I've turned a corner and I'm doing a whole bunch of things. And I honestly think I'm better. And and I was just like, so happy. And that was my post. Mm -hmm. And some woman, some snarky lady comes on and she goes, She's like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, why aren't you saying what things made you feel better? You want us to ask you, you like, you're selling something, aren't you? And I go, no, I'm not selling anything. I'm not hiding anything. And I, I said, this is what I'm using. And I listed the stuff of what I've done. I go, I, the only reason I post that post is just because I was happy. Right. You know, <laughs> like people who are in, I said, I said, I bet, I said, I suspect you're in that dark place, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for these young people that have dry eye, you know, this, you know, I think with the, with the growing up, looking at a telephone screen every, you know, for seven hours every day or more, mm-hmm. I think more and more people are going to, and, and computer screens all the time. I think more and more people are going to start to develop this dry eye mm-hmm. disease. Like my generation, I didn't stare at a telephone screen until I was in my forties, probably, mm-hmm. you know? I grew up, you know, I never stared at a screen, you know, so. Right. So that's why I think people in my generation don't generally have this problem. My parents are 90. They don't have any problems with their eyes. They never looked at a, to this day, my mother hasn't looked at a telephone <laughs> screen. All right. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, yeah. thank you, Ellen, so much for being here today. And you're welcome. Yeah, it's great. Thank you so much. You're very welcome.